I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. We're back. We're back, and we are getting so much closer to The Last Jedi, but we're yet, yet we're so far away. Empire's End, the book just came out, I just finished it, and Joseph Scrimshaw and I are going to do a full review of Empire's End soon, 
So I'm not going to go into that here. But I will say, Empire's End is a very good book. And I got to say, on a retrospect as well, Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy, which uh, early on was maligned and, and, and got more positive response and reception as it went on, and I think the story got better as it went on, Um, but when you put it all together, and the third book is now finished and read and digested by me and many others, you look back at some of the stuff in the first and second books, and I liked the second book a lot, Life Debt, and I actually enjoyed uh, a lot of the things put forth in the first aftermath, I gotta tell you, the story kind of, you know, all adds up. There's things I missed in the first two books that going over them again as I got ready uh, to uh, read Empire's End and then even after I finished Empire's End and kind of Wikipedia'd and Wikipedia'd and online uh, researched and went back at the other books, I, stuff I missed. Little tiny characters, little tiny moments that definitely add up and definitely start paying off in Empire's End. So, uh, quick, uh, well, not review, but a quick recommendation. If you're if you're debating on getting the book, but you've read the the first two books, get it. If you're debating on even starting the Aftermath trilogy, because maybe things you've heard or read or hubbub and hashtags and all these things that maybe uh, has turned you off to the Aftermath series, don't. I think it is essential reading to the Star Wars saga going forward. Uh, I won't get, won't get into uh, get into it in, in Empire's End, but uh, it, it definitely explains things, brings up more questions, and uh, it got me thinking about a big question about what brings you to the Star Wars saga. Is it lore or is it war? Lore or war? Why are you here in the Star Wars story uh, bubble with me in the Star Wars nerd bubble? Now, up top, the answer could easily and is for probably a lot of us both. But I go to my my other favorite property out there, Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire as well. The book, the TV series, all of it together. There uh, is a lot of lore in Game of Thrones, in the world of Game of Thrones, in the world of Ice and Fire. Uh, In fact, that book, A World of Ice and Fire, is a giant tome of history that I've got lost in before, and I'll get lost in again. I use it to research as I gear up for the oncoming seasons of TV shows, uh, now that the book's out. Uh, You can get lost in the lore you can get lost in the uh, the 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 magic and and all these other kind of extra extra things not extra things but a certain path if you're going down game of thrones white walkers and zombies and red priestesses and people coming back from the dead and all that kind of stuff and a lot of a lot of people love that it's the fantasy genre that they're initially attracted to uh and i get it um but there's also the side of Game of Thrones that is the politics, and it is the characters, and it is the wars, and it is the worlds. And the show is, uh, you know, very clearly, there's a, not a dividing line, but you you can see it played out visually in front of you. The books are so massive and hard to take in, and I love them, but you need to take notes, you need to do some studying if you're going to read those books. Um, but... A lot of people I know are drawn to more of the war and the politics and the characters of Game of Thrones. 
And as the show has progressively gotten more and more into its own lore, into its own world, which includes a lot of magic and a lot of sci-fi fantasy elements, I know a lot of people not quite. I've never met anyone who's been completely turned off by it. But I, I do know people that aren't as interested and maybe aren't as excited for Game of Thrones as they were back in Seasons 1 and 2. Now, right from the get-go, Game of Thrones starts with something out of the norm. The White Walkers are there from the beginning. These ancient ice monsters, zombie type of thing, there's something going on early on. It's the first thing you get, and it's what hooked me in Game of Thrones because it was not something I expected. It, it scared me a bit, it, it uh, haunted me a bit, and it intrigued me a lot. And I, though, am a person that is more on the side of the war and the politics and the characters. Now, I've grown with the show, and I think that's what A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones does so well, and what George R. R. Martin does so well, is because magic is returning to the world, uh, returning to the forefront of the worlds of Westeros and Essos and everything there, uh, you as a reader or viewer can kind of grow into that comfortably. Yeah, you know, there's dragons and all the ice monsters and the zombies. You know it's there, but it's not It's not at the forefront. And the politics of King's Landing and the Lannisters and the Starks and all that stuff and Peter Baelish making his moves and Tyrion and all those wonderful things, that's at the forefront. So that pulls you in. Star Wars is the same type of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's the fantasy epic genre, as we know. But Empire's End, the novel, which is where this train of thought starts, is definitely about the war, the fallout of war, the galaxy after the toppling of an empire, which is still active. Oddly enough, you know, the empire did not just vanish into thin air. When the second Death Star exploded over Endor, or the moon of Endor, or the Endor moon, or the moon of Endor, I don't care. It didn't end. It didn't just, poof, gone. Everyone hand in their blasters. The Ewoks are going to eat you. No, uh, there was some fallout, and it makes sense, and, and aftermath deals with the aftermath. One of the first things I love about the, uh, the first aftermath book one of, is, the, is the world that is painted. The book starts with the toppling of the Emperor's statue on Coruscant, reminiscent of uh, images we saw coming out of Iraq when Saddam Hussein's statue was toppled, toppled over, and we thought, well, maybe, uh, maybe it's all over there. And as we know, it, it, it lingered on. New threats arise, and new governments arise, and new aspirations and dreams of political people arise. That's what happens. Winning and ruling are two different things, as Tywin Lannister would tell you. So, Aftermath, the first novel, I think does a great job of looking at the galaxy as a whole and what happens post the fall or the falling of the Empire. And it's all good and it's all intriguing. But by the time you get to Empire's End, I'm talking at the start of the book, the mysteries of Star Wars lore are very present. And by the end of the book, there's some interesting questions Put into your mind, theories popped to your mind. And just last week on Force Center, Joseph and Jennifer and I, excuse me, Joseph, Audrey Kearns and I, our special guest star, talked about guessing games in Star Wars and how sometimes it can be too much and sometimes it can be, uh, I think, create your own super high expectations that just can't possibly be met by 
those who create Star Wars now. But Empire's End really, really starts you on that path of guessing and digging in to lore. It's adding to the lore. It creates more lore. And it also, in a weird way, I so want to dig into it. I'm gonna to wait till Joseph and I get a get a hold of uh, get a hold of the book and uh, and review it ourselves here on Force Center. But there is some stuff put forth in Empire's End that, in a way, and I sigh, but I I actually like it. But in a way, it starts to undermine, undercut a little bit of the war and politics of Star Wars. It turns it from a battle of uh, the Empire versus the Rebels, the good guys and the bad guys, and it makes you think that some of that stuff isn't as important as you thought, and that there was something else going on, a greater purpose to the Emperor and his plan and his ideas, and it's almost it almost seems silly that uh, the Rebels were going after the Death Star and the second Death Star. It was almost like a distraction. It's my tantalizing pitch for you to read Empire's End, if you haven't already. So, again, my question that I'm putting out there, and I do want to know the answers on the next Spotlight Star Wars. We can address it if there's any good questions raised. Are you here for the lore, or are you here for the war? Do you look at A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi as the battle of a of a group of people resisting and rebelling against an oppressive government, a dangerously tyrannical leader and government? Do you, think, do you think it's about them and all that happens? Are the key players in your saga, the Mon Mothmas, the General Leia's, the Princess Leia's, the Crix Matings, the Admiral Akbar's, the Moff Jer Gerard's, the Tarkins? The Motis, I could go on and on and on. The Ozzles, well, maybe not Admiral Ozzle. Are you more about that? Are you more about the battle? Is that what you wanted to be? Or are you about the history of the Jedi? And the return of the Jedi and the last Jedi? I'm about it. I'm about that. I'm about the wars. But I do find myself gravitating more towards the war of the rebels resisting against the Empire. And the Empire trying to hold off the Rebels. I do own a bunch of Empire merchandise and memorabilia, I should point out. But I like those Rebels. Plucky, plucky Rebels that they are. The Empire did some bad things, alright. I can admit it. But I think the Empire looks pretty cool. I like their outfits a little better. I like their, their weapons and mecha a little better. Though I do love those Y-Wings. Oh, sidetrack, I love those Y-Wings. I'm just going to stop and think of the Y-Wings. Oh, Y-Wings. So I find myself going to more towards that. I'm certainly interested in, say, Rey's lineage and who will end up being the last Jedi singular and who are the last Jedi plural and where is Kylo Ren from and who is Snoke and all those kind of things and, and, um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Palpatine and the, the turn of Vader, the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. I enjoy all that. But if you notice, if you listen to me long enough on here at Force Center, I'm not like a huge fan of the Old Republic. I've never really dive, uh, dived into that with all of my heart. Uh, 
I didn't play the Knights of the Old Republic game. I've read, uh, I haven't finished the Darth Bane trilogy. I started it, and it's good. It's good. Throw no stones at me. It's good. But I find myself not as interested in that kind of stuff and that kind of lore and that kind of history in Star Wars um, because it seems to me, uh, very much from the outside, to be more about the history of the Jedi and the mystical nature of the Jedi and the Sith and the dark side and all those things that uh, come along with it. And as we've seen a lot of the supplemental material, the books and the comics now, the new canon stuff, it, you know, there's, it's even not as simple as uh, dark side, light side. There's gray. There's the Bendu. There's other offshoots of the Jedi Order. Um, there's a lot of that stuff. And, and, and it's interesting. Uh, I can, I'm curious to see it reestablished in canon and see what Lucasfilm comes up with uh, this time around. I think I think a lot of it might stick. I think they got a great blueprint. But I, I and this is me, uh, as they say on Red Letter Media when they make fun of us types, me personally, I, I just don't gravitate towards the mystical history of these of these heroes and villains. Um, I'm interested in the process, but even in the Clone Wars, like I, I just rewatched season six, the lost missions of the Clone Wars. It's all going off Netflix real soon. You might want to take a take a gander at some of your favorite episodes. So I watched a lot about season five. Um, went back and watched a lot of stuff in season two as well with Satine and Obi Wan and all that stuff. Um, and I watched the season six stuff, and I love the the, the Yoda stuff. Yoda goes off on his little spiritual journey. He uh, meets Qui-Gon again. Qui-Gon talks about uh, him learning to uh, move on in the Force and still kind of be part of being part of the Force post-death, all that cool stuff. And it's interesting. And uh, uh, Bane shows up, and uh, it, it's cool. It, it reminds me also of those episodes when they uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka and everyone gets uh, just, I think it was just them, right? Yeah, they got stuck on Mortis, and you had the father and the son and the daughter and the dark side, the light, and, and uh, George Lucas had a, had a hand in those stories, and, and they're interesting. Don't get me wrong. They are interesting. But I'm not... I'm not attracted to those stories as much as the Clone Wars themselves and the politics of the Clone Wars and the politics of the uh, New Republic taking over for the Empire. I am a little more fascinated about that. Doesn't mean I'm not intrigued by the other stuff. So I am more on the war than I am the lore. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now, even in Game of Thrones, going back to that, and you'll hear me talk more about it this this year, I'm sure, uh, on Collider. Um, I love the history of Game of Thrones, but I love studying the houses and the politics and and how, um, you know, Aegon came over and conquered Westeros, all that kind of stuff. I'm also fascinated by the children of the first men and, and the children of the forest and all those weird magical things. And who built the wall? Probably magic. All those things. Um, but I still go back and study the history of the Starks and the Lannisters and, and House Baratheon more than I do uh, the magics if you will. So that is me. But I know a lot of people are more in the lore. And one of the great things I think The Force Awakens did is as we go into this new era of Star Wars, is it helped expand the lore of Star Wars. It raised these big questions. Who's who in the zoo? And how did this get here? And why is that? You see what I did? I asked some questions. And I think I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by that stuff. Believe me, I want to know Ray's lineage. I want to know who is Snoke and where he came from. I want to know who the Knights of Ren are. Are they the Acolytes of the Beyond? Where are they from? I don't know. I want to know. But I'm also interested in how Leia had to form the Resistance because the New Republic government just didn't believe that the First Order was a threat and didn't want a centralized military. 
It was all about the systems. Mon Mothma wanted to... She didn't want to completely demilitarize the galaxy. She wanted each system or each planet to have their own military. And hey, if the time came, let's all get together and band together and fight an enemy. Which is understandable, because you just saw the Emperor go from Supreme Chancellor Palpatine to the Emperor Sheev Palpatine and declare a galactic empire and used his one unified army to do it. So I understand. I understand if the New Republic wanted to say, hey, let's break this up a little bit. But I'm fascinated by that stuff. More, most of the time more than I am about the history of the Jedi. I was asked to research that lately uh, for a project at work, the history of the Jedi Order, and I started digging into it. And I got to admit, my eyes glazed over a little bit. But if you go into uh, the early days of the Empire, I'm fascinated by the Galactic Empire springing up overnight. Where do they order those uniforms? Where were those uh, new star cruisers? Uh, where were they hiding out at? And all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, uh, I'm drawn to more of that. So lore or war, both are amazing in Star Wars. You can love both, but are you drawn to one or the other? I'm curious. You let me know. The hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. What draws you more to Star Wars? The lore or the war? I keep saying that because it rhymes and I think I'm creative. Let's go to some questions on Twitter, using that hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, we have got some uh, good stuff out there. You guys, uh, my last uh, episode, and yeah, on, sa- on the weekends, I should say, it's not always Saturday. We alternate now. Spotlight Star Wars will alternate with Star Wars rank for the time being until further. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about Darth Maul. You guys responded with uh, some uh, positive things about the Maul comic and my hashtag Baby Maul. I want to thank Darren at uh, Multiverse underscore HQ who uh, sent me a very freaky picture of a Cabbage Patch Mall. Hashtag Baby Mall. It's a little freaky. Let's go to the questions. What do we got out there on Twitter? I am looking for some good ones, and you guys have uh, put some out there. I love this one from Darth Vanquish. Do you think Owen and Baru talked to Luke about Shmi Skywalker, which would be his grandmother? They knew her, and she's buried right outside their home. Now, this is one of those interesting plot holes, so to speak, in the prequels compared to uh, you know the original trilogy. There's just some things that George did that makes you go, oh, that's cool, but wait a minute. And as much as I do enjoy the prequels, and Joseph and I are almost uh, done, we're almost wrapped up with our Star Wars ranked look at the top five reasons you should watch the, the prequel movies. We've done Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, Sith coming soon. Um, there's definitely little plot holes, and one of them is, all right, Anakin goes to try to save his mother, fails, she dies, he slaughters all the sand people, and then he comes back, and he uh, brings her his mother's body and Klieg Lars and everyone, they bury her right there on the property. And if you look at the shot, it's pretty close to the uh, Lars homestead. And if you go to New Hope, you maybe could have could argue that Luke could have been standing near the uh, little makeshift graveyard. So, you know what, Darth Vanquish? 
it's interesting because Owen definitely wanted to keep all that stuff from Luke. So I think at the end of the day, and he was gruff, and why Baru was strong, and they had a very solid marriage and relationship, I got to think, and this, Owen might have gotten his way. Now, they did tell Luke stuff about his quote-unquote father, you know, he was a pilot, like a freighter pilot. You know, your dad worked down at the docks, kid. And uh, maybe at some point, curious about his family, he said, hey, and that's your, your grandmother's buried there. Good lady. Used to be slave of someone named Watu. Have you met Watu? Do you think Luke ever met Watu early on Tatooine? I gotta imagine he met Watu at some point. I'd like to see. Would Watu blow it? You think he might blow it? Well, you... Your name is Luke Skywalker? What, are you some kind of Jedi like that other guy? Who's the other guy? Tell me more, Wadu. So, I don't know the exact answer, Darth. It's a great question. But I think... I think... um, I think they kept it from him. From a certain point of view. Patrick Barman, our good friend over at the Imperial Podcasting Network, says, Do you think we'll ever see a Krat Dragon either in a movie or on a TV show? Skeletons don't count. The Krat Dragon skeletons show up every now and then. I, I, I'm I, going to say yes, and I'm going to say I'm surprised they haven't shown up in a, in a series yet. It's like, oh, if someone out there were to say, oh, no, they showed up in, like, episode 10 of season 3 of, of Clone Wars, I believe them. Uh, it seems like something... Dave Filoni or Pablo Hidalgo would try to put in now. Like, let's let's have fun with the Krat Dragon. But I think at some point, we should see the Krat Dragon and hear it, of course, because Obi-Wan did such a good job impersonating a Krat Dragon in A New Hope. So, my money is yes. Uh, yes, Patrick. Um, I think we'll see one eventually. Final question today. Uh, Patrick at Patrick underscore Solaire. He checks in and says, uh, what if Lucasfilm put out novelizations of the original trilogy with these current authors? And he uses hashtag Spotlight Stars, but also hashtag Force Center. And I might I, I might even suggest that this one carries on over to the main show um, so Joseph, Jennifer, and others can answer it. But I'm going to give my two cents now, Patrick. I would never think that I would want that until I stopped and read your question and thought about it for a second. I actually think I would be excited by the notion of all six of the saga films being redone in a way with new novels. Now, I actually enjoyed the Phantom Menace novel. I Terry Brooks wrote that. Um, I read Sith, and Sith is good, too. I read the Attack of the Clones novel. I don't, I don't have a grand uh, memory of it. Um, but... They're good. I mean, I, I, the Phantom Menace novel, you read it's like, oh, okay. Anakin's having these weird visions and dreams, and there's some cool things in there. Um, but it'd be an interesting experiment. I don't think they'd do it, but could you go back in and kind of layer the stories, maybe correct some things? I mean, the f- famous one, the Return of the Jedi novel, uh, I'm, I'm holding it in my hand right now. The, I have the, I mean... It, you can smell the used book smell on this uh, Return of the Jedi novel. I mean, we all know the big canon continuity issue of Obi-Wan talking about uh, his, quote, brother, Owen Lars. 
Um, they mention Mustafar indirectly and talk about a lava planet for the first time here in this novel. Um, I guess, could you go back and correct that a bit? Maybe explain that a little bit. It's interesting. It's a, it's a reboot via the written word. And I'd be interested in seeing what they could come up with. Throw some authors in there, you know? I'd like to see Claudia Gray tackle, tackle Empire Strikes Back because of what she did. You know, knew, wrote Leia so well in Bloodline and, and told such a good, sweeping, romantic story in Lost Stars. I could see that. Uh, James Lucino giving him uh, maybe a swipe at uh, Phantom Menace because of what he did with Dark Plagueis and so on and so on. It's a great question, Patrick, and, and I think uh, I think they should carry on. I think I want to spin that over to Force Center as well. Maybe I'll have more time to ruminate on it, and uh, we'll answer it again. But that is definitely an interesting question. Guys, that is it for this week here on Spotlight Star Wars. Always fun as always. Always fun as always. I'll tell you, sometimes I record these and I just spew into the mic, but it's part of what I do, and I'm not changing now. So, uh... The main question I'm asking, lore or war, you let me know. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. What brings you and what keeps you around the Star Wars saga? Lore or the war? That's it. I'll see you guys next time on Spotlight Star Wars. Be sure to follow the Twitter page at ForceCenterPod as we race towards... 2,000 followers, you can go to the Facebook page, like us there. More coming in 2017. So, until next time, may that force thing kind of sort of always remain around you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.